Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Amen. These are the days. This is the time. Somebody say, this is the time. Amen. We are standing at the brink of the greatest opportunity the church has ever seen in America. We are. Amen. And I believe the Lord has something for us in this generation. Praise God. I I want to direct your attention today to the book of Revelation chapter 3. We are going to continue tonight to the church at Sardis. Sardis. This is the fifth church that is in the chain of seven letters to seven churches coming from John through the messenger of the Lord that he wrote as the words of Jesus Christ. How many look in your Bible? If you've been reading, you can see that these are, if you have a red letter edition, they're red, which means Jesus is the one that's talking. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 and beginning at verse number 1. Unto the angel, everybody say the pastor, the leader, the elder, whatever that, that particular uh, church had, but unto the angel, the messenger of the church, in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Hmm. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. What a statement. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit that is here. Help us, Lord, as we move into this message, God, that you would move, oh God, in a mighty way tonight. Lord, let your word saturate this preacher. 
that I might deliver it to a church that will be saturated and receive it. God, in this hour, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we worship him just a few moments here before we launch into this message? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. Thank you for your goodness. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There are places around the world that we hear of revival fires that are burning like a California forest fire. Uganda, Africa, some of the Hispanic Latin-speaking nations. There are places where revival fires are burning, but perhaps a little less, and other places less. And there are some that just have some ambers some coals that need a blowing upon them to bring revival. But thank God for every stage of awakening in history. When you study revivals throughout history, it is remarkable that before revival, culture collapses. Before revival, they will tell us about things that back even into before the great awakening, the uh, whorehouses were busy in the and the bars were filled, and sin was running rampant. Revival fires tend to follow after a culture that is collapsing and a culture that is messed up because a church, some people somewhere decide to pour everything into seeking God for revival. America needs revival. Jackson County needs revival. The Tri-County area of Washington and, and uh, um, Lawrence County needs revival. Barna Research Center reveals a troubling trend among Christian denominations in the United States. The research reports that there has been a major decline in denominational Christianity in the last 30 years. A major decline. Mr. Barna writes, In its first 200 years, America could count on the consistency of its people, fa people's faith, commitments, and with that common view about morality, a common view of purpose, a common view of family, lifestyle, citizenship, and values. Barna goes on to say, but as my recent worldview research clearly shows, the United States has become, he says, one of the largest and most important mission fields in the world. I don't know that as, as, as a, a person who has now lived 61 years on this earth, uh, and all my life has been a part of the United States. Amen. I don't know that I'd ever thought that I'd hear the day that America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, would become the most important mission field of my life. 
with fewer United States adults attending a traditional Christian uh, church and having traditional Christian beliefs and the interest of other religion has begun to grow. Do you know that reincarnation is a growing belief in American culture? It is especially true among millennials and young folk. Christians of all ages are embracing the concept of more than one-third, more than one-third, that's 36%, Mr. Barnes said, of self-identified Christians say they believe reincarnation is a real possibility. And we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. We're not a, nature, a nation that is just in a cultural crisis. We are a nation that is in desperate need of a mighty wave of the Holy Ghost to sweep over the land. We are in a need for live stream. We are in a need for outreach. We are in a need for a church that'll pray for revival in New England, that'll pray for revival in Nevada, that'll pray in revival in Texas and pray for revival in Georgia. It'll pray for revival in some area of the United States. We have wealth. We have nice buildings. We have nice churches. But what good is a nice church if there's no move of God in it? What good is a nice building if there is no sincere prayer and seeking the Lord in that church? What good is a church if we're not worshiping the one true and living God? So I say to us, MPC, amen, if anybody has revival, if anybody has a move of God, if there is a great awakening in 2023, why not us? Why not us? Why not us? I enjoy reading about revivals of past history. One such revival is the, called the Great Awakening from 1730 to 1740. Churches in England and the American colonies were experiencing decline. They were experiencing death. And church participation and membership was dying. And as I stated, the bars were full and, and wickedness was rising. And men like John and Charles Wesley and George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards took it upon themselves to seek God and to help be the voice that would usher in what is known as the Great Awakening. John Wesley said this, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. John Wesley, the firebrand that preached all over England, his brother that wrote, Hundreds and hundreds and perhaps thousands of songs went through England and a great revival, a red-hot revival began to be poured out on England and out of that came the Methodist church. The Methodist church. That was back in 1730 to 1740. Last year, the United Methodist Church certified its first drag queen as a minister. <clears throat> The drag queen preacher goes by the name of Miss, get this, Miss Penny Cost. Miss Penny Cost. Don't think that 
that's not intentional. Not only does this so-called preacher that is a drag queen do this kind of crazy antics, but this person denounces the Bible with profanity. Denounces there's a God with profanity and anger-laced tirades. And you know what they call her in for or him in for? I do not know whether it's a he or she. I don't know. But they, they call Miss Pentecost in to teach their children. This is the same church that John Wesley founded in a flame of fire and revival. Can I tell you today that we are living in the hour where those that do not know the truth and those that do not know God and those that do not have a passion for revival will accept this as if it is some kind of normal and call it religious and call it even Christianity. That's not Christianity, that's sin. That is debauchery. Amen. And what we need in this hour is a revival. A revival of fire. A revival of truth. The condition of the American church is on one side disheartening. What I've told you is disheartening. That besides the Methodist church also ordains lesbians and homosexuals. That's not the John Wesley message. Amen. Turn me up a little bit in the house, just a little bit. The condition of the American church is on one side disheartening, but on the other side, somebody say on the other side. On the other side, the condition of the culture provides the church with the greatest opportunity since Azusa Street. With the greatest opportunity since Azusa Street. I say again, with the greatest opportunity in this church since 1914. This is now our hour to pray and say, oh God, we are primed to have a red hot revival in this hour. We are primed to have a red hot revival that will shake the drug culture of Jackson County, that will shake the drug culture of our area, that will bring hope to a world that is in crisis. Such was the case of Sardis. Sardis at the time of John was a wealthy city situated on one of the major trade routes called King's Road. King's Road led all the way from the Gulf, all the way to Persia and the rest of the Roman Empire. The city of Sardis was about 30 miles south of Thyatira, the church we spoke of this morning, and maybe about 50 miles from Smyrna, located near the Pactolus River. And it was built upon a peak where three sides of that peak was virtually a straight-up cliff, a rock cliff. The, the city was some 1,500 feet above the fertile valley below them. But the city grew, and the hill was limited, so they had to expand the city into the valley. The people felt that only one side of Sardis needed protected, and that was the south side. The south side needed guarded because of that the cliffs were on the other side of them, so there was no need to guard the cliffs. And so it presented a false confidence 
in the city. And the inhabitants became accustomed to what they seen as overprotection or protection that could not be penetrated. Their slackness led to the city being captured by Cyrus of Persia and later by the Romans both times. Both times the enemy troops scaled the steep, smooth cliffs at night and took the city. In both cases, the people had become lax in their defenses. The city had a reputation of being impenetrable, and yet it had been captive, held captive twice. Some people will believe that America would never get to this point, that we would never have these issues. We'll never have these issues in Medora. We'll never have these issues in Jackson County. Can I tell you, the pandemic opened the floodgates. It opened the floodgates. Amen. And the enemy is scaling the walls of the carnal and the indifferent. The enemy is scaling the walls of people that are living in lethargy. Amen. And overconfidence. It'll never happen to us. I say, wake up. Wake up, MPC. The enemy has encroached. And it is time for us to say, give us revival. Give us revival. Give us a move of God. Give us a move of the Holy Ghost that puts us on, on our face before the Lord and says, oh God, give us revival. Today, one can view the well-preserved and partially restored ruins of this once magnificent city called Sardis. It's wealthy. It contained a large temple to the goddess of Armidas or Sabella, which was known as one of the largest in the area. A sports arena which set thousands. A multi-story gymnasium, huge public bathhouses, and a theater that could seat thousands. It was a wealthy place. One reason that it was wealthy is because gold was found there. It grew to a major city because of the gold rush. As folks begin to flock looking for golds, and still to this day they find golds in the caves around the area where Sardis was. So those of Sardis struck it rich. They were wealthy. They were wealthy and they were cocky. They were wealthy and they were overconfident. Amen. And that attitude creeped into the church. The attitude of the culture creeped into the church of Sardis. And listen to what Jesus said. He said unto the angel, Pastor at church of Sardis, write these things that saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Sardis and Laodicea are the only two churches that Jesus gave them zero commendation, zero compliments. I'm going to say that's something when you consider Pergamon and Thyatira that had all their issues. He gave them a compliment. But when it came to Sardis, he didn't give them one compliment. He said he was the revelation and the presentation of Jesus Christ is that he, he said that he had the seven spirits of God. Some people get hang up on this because they don't understand the symbolism here. 
the symbolism of the seven spirits of God. It's not that Jesus has seven spirits of God, that there are seven persons in the Godhead. It, 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 that, that would be totally stupid. Sorry. But the seven spirits of God speak of the full expression and power of God's spirit. So Jesus said the full expression, hear me, the full expression of the God and power of God is in him. Did he not say in Matthew that all power in heaven and earth is given unto me? Amen. The full expression of God is in him. And he said, and I have the seven stars. The seven stars refer to those that are working in the seven churches. He wants us to know that, that he has the power and the expression to control and enable the churches. What is he saying? I've got what you need. I've got the full expression of what you want revival. You need revival I've got what you need I've got everything you need dear ones let me just tell you we don't have to go look for another Jesus we don't go have to look for another Messiah he's got what we need give him praise in this house so he tells him who he is in revelation and presentation to this church and he doesn't even end the sentence and launches into his rebuke. Thou hast a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Whew. I would hate to know that I got a letter from Jesus, and this is what he said. You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. There's a lot of people today that call themselves Christians. There are a lot of people that are in churches spotted all over America today that call themselves people of faith that Jesus has written a letter to. And he said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. I don't care how pretty your church is. I don't have, care how beautiful or how many people are sitting in the pew. If you are not alive in Christ with his power and his truth, amen, you can say you're alive, but you're really dead thou hast a name that thou livest and you're dead he just abruptly can you see in this sentence here where he says he's, he's got, holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars and he said I know thy works that you have your a name he just jumps right into this the church was a church of contradiction they said that they were alive but they were a corpse they had the reputation of life, but they were dead. They had a form of godliness, but they did not have the power of that godliness. They were dead. They were dead. Amen. You know what happens when you're dead? You can't eat any food. You can't get any substance. They couldn't get any more because they're dead. They no longer are moved by pain. Conviction doesn't stir you. When you're dead, they can poke you and prod you and beat you, and it will not move you. And this was the condition of the church at Sardis. Amen. When they say, what do they say when they, they walk by the casket? He looks good. He looks good. Doesn't he look nice? Well, they did a good job. He's dead. He's a corpse. He's, that's not.
not him. He's not even there. He's gone. And so a lot of times you find that in Sardis they walk by and they say the church, oh, it's good. It looks nice. Look at them. They're shouting and praising God. They're singing the songs. They got Bible study. They got things going on. They look good. But Jesus said, he's a corpse. What a sad story. I hear Jesus shouting at Sardis, wake up. Wake up. Be watchful. Come on. It's time to seek me. And let's have revival. Look at verse 2. He says, be watchful. Wake up. Be watchful. Come alive. Church, we need to put on our sober mentality and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. There's some things that are on the last legs, Sardis, and you need to wake up. You need to wake up. You need to realize it's worse than you think. You need to wake up and see that this is an hour that you take that which is left. It's about to die. Some years ago, at a church in a state south of here, there was a fellowship rally, and a lady got up to sing, and she had a beautiful operatic voice, and she was singing like she was before the, the opera of New York and really had great bravado. I'm not going to try to imitate her. And there was an old pastor that was hard of hearing, turned to another preacher and said loud enough for everybody to hear, well, I wish you'd just go ahead and die. There are some things that are hanging on their last thread, just about to die, just barely hanging on. This is a church that's hanging on by its thread, a thread of revival, a thread of hope. It's just there. Let me just say this. Then if you're down to your last thread, you better hold on to that thread. You better hold on to that faith. Hold on to that experience. Hold on to that word. Hold on to that revelation. Because Jesus said, if you'll hold on, revival can come your way. Revival can... I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I want to tell you, we need a Holy Ghost move. He said, wake up, be sober, watch. And he said, strengthen the things which remain. Establish them. Reestablish them. Be steadfast. Stabilize what you've got. Stabilize what you got. You just can't call yourself life and revival fire not be burning in you. Amen. You can't just say, we're having revival. I've heard pastors say we're on the verge of revival for years and they've never had anything. They've just been on the verge. Amen. I want, I want to fall off that verge. I want to jump off that cliff. I want to see God move in a mighty way. I want to see God move in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. You just can't call yourself an apostolic, alive believer, and there's no fire in your belly. There's no passion in your belly. There's no desire to win souls. There's no desire to pray. There's no desire to read the Bible. There's no desire to seek God. I'm telling you, we need to come alive in 2023. Now, 
He commended other churches for their works, but all he had to say about the works of Sardis was, they're not perfect. That means they're incomplete, half done, assignment is lacking. We can't call ourselves revivalists if we're just simply half done. Then he said in verse 3, remember, he gives them a strategy for revival. Here's Jesus' strategy for revival. Remember, somebody say remember. Therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast. So he says, remember what has happened to you in your past life. Somewhere there is a move of God in your past. Somewhere there was a time that God stirred you, God talked to you, you heard and you received. And he says, hold fast. Let me just say this, something the Lord spoke into my spirit. He is telling them they didn't need anything new. They didn't need anything new. Hold on to that. They didn't need a new concept. They didn't need a new seminar. They didn't need a new plan. They didn't need a new leadership paradigm. They didn't need, no, he said, you have what you need if you just remember. Church, we are a church that is facing our 109th anniversary. We have enough history to write hundreds of churches. We have enough history to talk about what God has done and the miracles that we can stay here all year and talk about the miracles and the signs and wonders of 109 years. We don't need something new. What we need is we need to remember what God has done and we need to hold on to it. We need to hold on to it. They didn't have to establish something new. New formulas, new ideas. The same thing that brought, brought revival in Azusa Street is the same thing that brought revival in 1914 in this area. Prayer, seeking God radically. Prayer and seeking. How many of you remember the revival with Brother Upton? What year was that? 80, 88. Is there somewhere around there? How many weeks? How many weeks? I remember nine. And we were evangelizing, going other places. Amen. You know what I knew? Is there's people that were leaving work and coming early and begin to pray. Leaving work and coming and pray. Leaving work. I want to say, we don't have to try something new. We already know what works. We don't have to have another formula. We already know what works. Amen. We've seen it in the 70s. We've seen it in the 80s. We've seen it in the 90s. I want to pray, God, for a 2023 generational move of God. Oh, Lord, help us to inquire in your word. Revival. He said, remember what you have received, remember what you have heard, and hold fast those things, but that's not enough. Repent. Change your mind. Change your direction. Don't fall in the same old holes. Don't fall in the same old deadness. He said, if therefore thou shalt not watch, let me add this in context. If you will not remember, if you will not remember what you have seen 
and remember what you have heard. If you will not hold fast and if you will not repent, he said, I will come on thee as a thief. I will jump on you. Oh, God is a God of love and patience and kindness, isn't he? Oh, yes, he is. But when it comes time that it's time for us to seek the Lord, he's serious about it. And he is saying, listen, if you will not repent, I'm going to come on you suddenly. I'm going to come upon you on an hour that you will not know. I will come upon thee. Amen. Let me just say, I want him to come upon me, but not in judgment. I want him to come on me in revival. I don't want him to come just in judgment, but in revival. Praise God. Man, my voice is better, but David, you can turn me back down. But not too much. Then he said, I have a promise for you. Listen to what verse 4 reads. Revelation 3 and 4. Jesus said to the church at Sardis, you've got a few names. Wow. A few names, even in Sardis. I sense a little sarcasm here, but that's just my nature. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. They are worthy. I want to be worthy. I want him to count me worthy for revival. I want, him to, I want him to count MPC worthy of a great generational revival. I want him to count us worthy of moving in a mighty way. Oh, God, I believe we're about to upset Satan's apple cart. I believe we're about to just simply show this area what it means to pray and seek God and turn up the world upside down from the schoolhouse to the town hall. Amen. I want to see a mighty move of God from here to the courthouse in Brownstown. I want to see a mighty... I don't care what church gets filled. I don't care if it's one from Seymour or if it's one from, from Bounstown or Bedford. It does not matter. But let it start. Let a spark start. Let a spark start in a community called Medora in a little town. But a church that has heard some things and a church that has seen some things and a church that has experienced some things. He said, he told them, there's a few of you. Somebody say, don't take many. Just, just a few. Just a few. Not everybody will get on board in the pursuit of revival. But those that have the desire, those that believe, revival or I die. Revival or I die. Revival or I die. Are willing to lay aside the plate? Willing to lay aside the flesh, willing to turn off the TV, willing to shut down Facebook for a while, where the primary focus is not who is your friend on social media, but your primary focus is what have I learned in time past? What have I seen? What have I heard? I want that in my life. But he says... He that overcometh, verse 5, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. 
he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. What was white raiment reserved for? Purity. It's what a bride wears. <laughs> he said, listen, I know you're a part of a church that says they're alive, but they're dead. But if you'll overcome apathy, if you'll overcome the deadness, he said, you're going to be a part of the bride. You're going to be a part of those that are clad in white. Revelation says that white is the righteousness of the saints. I want to say those that are seeking for revival will stand up for truth and righteousness. You'll see it in their words. You'll see it in their life. You'll see it in their post. You'll see it wherever they go. That righteousness is coursing through them. Not self-righteousness, but the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. He said, if you'll overcome this apathy, I will make sure that your garment is the garment of white. Anybody want to be a part of the bride of Christ? He said, and your name, listen to this. He said, I will not blot out your name out of the book of life. What were they? Dead? And he said, but I'm going to put you in the book of life. You're not dead. You're alive. I will put you in the book of life. He said, and I'm going to confess your name before the Father and his angels. He said, I am bringing you up as a special testimony of what a church looks like that was hanging on its last thread that was hanging on just a few. That was I feel the Lord in this place right now. That's hanging on just a little bit, just barely, barely holding on. Don't mark oh Sardis off. Don't mark them off. Don't mark that person off that's, that, that is about just, you know, just short of the casket because if there's a thread and if there's an ounce of breath, there's revival potential. Don't mark our culture off because of its mess and its debauchery and all that is going on. Somewhere, somewhere, there is going to be a prayer warrior that goes to war. Somewhere, there is going to be a church that says, revival or I die. Somewhere, there's going to be, why not me? Why not you? Why not us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, invade our heart with revival. Envelop us. I got more to preach, but I'm done. Envelop us, Lord, with revival. <laughs> Let the fire of your presence come. Oh, God, who is a consuming fire, would you come? Would you come? You come to Moses in a burning bush. 
Lord, would you come to us in a flame of fire? Would you come? The tabernacle was set up and reared up. Amen. And when they prayed, the fire fell upon it. Would you come? Manoah, the angel of the Lord, appeared to him at an altar that was full of fire. Hallelujah. Solomon said, after the fire was, was falling on the tabernacle, he said, if you ever have a crisis, crisis, if you ever have an issue, if you will turn towards this holy city and begin to pray, amen, God is going to answer you. I want to ask you tonight, do you want to get close to the fire? Do you want to get close to the flame? Do you want to nudge yourself up closer to a move of God? Then hold on to what you have. Hold on to what you have and stoke that and poke that until the end. Hold on to it, poke it, stoke it. Stand with me, please. Until the embers of your life begin to smolder and burn. Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Something has broke tonight in the spirit. I feel it. Something has broke here at MPC in the spirit. Will you grab a hold of it with me? Will you grab a hold of it with me? Hallelujah. You might feel, you might feel like you're about to die. But let me just tell you this. Somewhere, if you look around, there's a thread to hold on to. Amen. There is one word that you have been taught. There's something that you... Hallelujah. Revival or I die. I've got to get close to the fire. I've got to get close to a move of God. I've got to see your glory move in a mighty way. Hallelujah. I want to do more than just talk about it. I want to see it in the name of Jesus. Oh, holy fire fall. Fall on us. Holy fire fall on us. Holy fire fall on us. Holy fire fall on us. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.